Welcome to the Successful Male Podcast. My name is Ron Mahotra. I'm a wealth, success, mindset, and leadership coach and the founder of the Successful Male Movement. In the Successful Male Podcast, we bring inspiring achievers who will help you unlock your inner game changer that wants to play big. The Successful Male Podcast is a show where we highlight the accomplishments of men who are doing amazing things with their life. The show where we share the stories, ideas, and philosophies of highly successful men who went after their goals with courage. The show where we highlight those men who use their highest vision to bring value to others. And the show that seeks not only to motivate and inspire, but transform, so you too can think big, live bigger, and lead with your highest vision. Thanks for spending some time with me today. I hope you find this episode inspirational. Welcome to the Successful Male Podcast. This is your host, Ron Milhotra. Today, I have on the podcast a, a gentleman who is someone that I look up to and somebody that is doing some amazing things, has done amazing things with his life. Uh, his name is Eric Bailey. So who is Eric Bailey? If you haven't heard of Eric, he is a global activational speaker and author. Eric is one of the world's foremost speakers on motivation and vision, and he has drawn upon his successful experience in professional sport, executive management and sales to bring value to others. Eric's life experiences have enriched his endeavors and given him a unique perspective that he is now offering to the world. He had a difficult start growing up in South Central LA, and he's gone on to deliver powerful and inspiring keynotes that speak to every group and gender. In fact, Eric has spoken to more than 3 million people worldwide and is ranked by Google as the number one activational speaker. In 2015, he was also voted as the top 22 motivational speakers in the world. Now, with over 20 years experience inspiring and motivating millions of people, Eric has the ability to command a room like no other. And I'm so honored to have Eric as our first guest on the Successful Male podcast. Eric, a huge hello and welcome. Thank you very much, Ron. It's an uh, honor and a privilege to uh, not only be the first person on the podcast, but also uh, to be included in your journey and you know, what you are aspiring to do um, to the world. And I think um, what you're doing is going to bring um, a lot of joy, a lot of motivation and transformation of a lot of men um, and generally just a lot of people around the world. So I'm honored to be here with you. Thank you so much. And, that, and look, that is exactly the vision. Except would you believe that when I started to put a list of guests together and I thought, well, you know, I, I want to interview people that have success in a number of areas and, and we're going to cover that off in the interview. But, you know, starting from things like, you know, are they pursuing their passion? Are they, are they living a life that is consistent with their calling? Are they adding value to others? Do they embody what it means to be successful? Do they have the courage to take risks and all of that sort of stuff? And, and having sort of researched your background, you ticked so many of those boxes that for me it was very, very clear that, uh, you know, I wanted you as the first guest um, on the interview. So thank you so much for accepting that, uh, that offer. Um, look, you're obviously, you're, you're a popular man. You, 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 you've got a public profile. A lot of people know you, but 
for people that are not in the motivational space yet and, and, and probably don't invest a lot in their personal development, they may not have heard of you. So let me ask you this question. Apart from that introduction that I've just given you, who is Eric Bailey? I would classify myself as someone who came into the world given very little chance, very little, um, I guess, no one really thought that I would amount to anything in life from, um, from the, the medical profession to my biological parents. And I then had to make a decision subconsciously, even as a baby, as a, as a child, as to what I wanted out of my life. And my journey has been to stay positive, to stay motivated. And even when you get knocked down, find a reason to keep fighting. And, you know, as we go through this interview, I mean, people will hear more about my story. But at the end of the day, I'm just someone who has just been blessed um, to be able to have fought a, a tremendous battle against my own mindset and the will and expectations of others and now put myself in a position to share my story and share my tools and strategies of what I use in my life to give me the success that I have. And hopefully people who hear my story will reflect upon their life and perhaps what they've gone through their life and where they are now and use some of those things to elevate their life. So there's nothing, you know, fantastic or there's nothing special about what I've done, but I think what I've done has, is inspiring. And every day I wake up and I, I feel that my calling in life now is to share my story every day and empower someone to make a difference in their life. And if I was to die tomorrow, um, I know that the music will not still be playing in my soul. I mean, I know I've, I've poured it out every day and I think that's who Eric Bailey is. I can't wait to discover more about your journey. Um, and so I have a number of questions that I want to ask you, but I'm going to ask you, well, the first question I'm going to ask you is probably a difficult question, but I'd like to, I'd like to get your opinion on this. What does success mean to you? Success for me, Ron, means that every day I get up and I look in the mirror and I ask myself three questions. Number one, did I do everything I needed to do yesterday? that's going to give me a better chance of having a better tomorrow. And if the answer is no, then I have an opportunity to go and fulfill that that day. Success for me means I know that every day I'm just, just living my purpose, Ron. I'm just, I'm just doing what I know is true to me and my calling. Now, whether it be financial or whether it be notoriety or whether it be popularity or, you know, monetary, whatever that, whatever I get out of that is just a byproduct of knowing that I've left it all on the table. I played professional basketball for 16 years. And, you know, in the season, you know, you sit down with the coach and administrators and they say, okay, we finished in fifth place or we didn't make the finals or we didn't win the championship. A successful season doesn't mean that you have to win the championship. A successful season means that as a team, you were able to accomplish a set of goals that you set for yourself, but you gave 100% to get it done. It means that you now know that, okay, next year, um, I've got to improve in these areas. So success really means is, is continuous momentum 
in shaping, changing, transforming what you did yesterday. That's, to, to me, that's what it means. I, I go to bed at night happy if I know that the previous day I worked my butt off. I, I, I set aside some goals and I completed those goals. To me, that, that's what success is. So interesting point about goals, and I'm going to come back and revisit that. But I wanted, you also mentioned the word calling. You said that for me, it's knowing that I'm doing work that is consistent with my calling. Eric, have you always known what you wanted to do in life? No, no. What was it? Was there a turning point? Was there a critical point where you identified exactly what you were meant to do? Yeah, well, so I, I, grew, up, I grew up in South Central Los Angeles. I grew up in, um, in, in poverty. Uh, in drug violence and police brutality, unemployment, hopelessness, uh, drug infested area, gang violence. I, I grew up in a neighborhood where, you know, you, you, you don't get up, get on the bus and go to school and automatically know that one day you're going to go to university or one day you're going to play in the NBA or one day you're going to be successful. You go to school every day and you just hope that you come home um, in one piece. I mean, my mother used to give me a big hug before I left the house and say, you know, have a great day. And, the, the hug she gave me, like, I, I hope and pray that you come home safe. So I didn't grow up and think that I was going to do anything other than spend the rest of my life in the neighborhood. The turning point came in my life when I was in probably grade 11, when a tiny, short, little white man uh, was the math teacher, pulled me aside and said, look, I see something in you that you potentially don't see in yourself. And he laid out a couple of things. He said, you could go to university, you could play professional basketball, you could travel the world, you could be international, you could do a whole lot of things, but you have to change the way you see yourself in the future and stop dwelling on how you see yourself in the present. Those key words, stop seeing yourself how you are in the present, makes you focus on what you can become. Once you start focusing on what you become and you have an action plan, then you moving forward every day. It was at that point I said to myself, I don't have to live in poverty. I can do more than what my parents did. I could go to university. I can set some goals. I can now think about having a better life. That was critical because that was when I decided, right, coach, show me what I need to do. And that's the value of having mentorship with someone who really believes in you. And that's why I do what I do now because I believe I was called to bring people on a journey for themselves that maybe they didn't think that they had in them. What an incredible story. And, and it, it's, um, it's so interesting, the thing that you say about the self-image. Um, you know, I understand what you're saying. So many people look at their present circumstances and their present circumstances dictate how they think, feel, and act. And uh, it is very hard to break out of those, those, those circumstances and see a future for yourself. Um, especially when, like you said, in your, with, with the type of upbringing that you had and the conditioning that you had and the circumstances around you would indicate that there is a real lack of opportunities and you're not seeing stuff around you. And, and so what you're saying, Eric, is that you had to first see it in your mind and you had to see the possibilities in your mind before they actually happen for you. I have a, um, I have a saying that, that just baffles my audience and I have to say it five or six times then explain it before people can understand it. So I'm going to share it with your audience and I'm going to say it three times and then I'll explain. So my whole uh, take on it is that you must saw it before you see it. 
you have to saw it before you see it. And basically what that means is before you can accomplish anything outstanding, amazing, wonderful in your life, you have to physically, mentally, emotionally visit that success, go through the emotions of what it feels like to actually having it, and then come back and realize, right, I know what it feels like, I know what it looks like, and now I've already seen it, I've, I've already saw it, and now I'm gonna do something about it every day. So it's the action behind what you've already saw when you apply that to the presence it now gives you a goal to look for. Now, I'll give you a, a, a very good example of this, and you could take um, Walt Disney. So Walt Disney, you know, built uh, Disney World, and, and, and people called him crazy and said he was, you know, he was on drugs and he was drunk. There's no way that people would spend money to go to a theme park and so forth and so forth and so forth. And then 30 years later, um, it's built, and his wife is uh, at the ceremony, and the mayor says, um, Unfortunately, Walt Disney wasn't here to see his vision. His wife stepped in and said, I'm, uh, excuse me, Mr. Mayor, um, but Walt already saw it. Even though he did, he saw it before it was completed. So when you think about our lives, truly, I believe that if you have a goal, and I don't care if you're 30, you're 40, you're 50, you're 60, you're 70, if it's something that you want to do, if you have that goal, that ultimate vision, you need to submerge yourself in the success of it in your mind, in your heart, before you can actually go through what it takes to actually get there. Because if you don't, you will quit along the way because you don't know what it feels like to get there. Wow. That, that, just, um, that just gave me goosebumps. And I, I don't get goosebumps very often. What, what an incredible story. So I just want you to repeat that. You have to saw it before you, have, you Okay, it. You, you have to saw it saw it in the future before you can actually see it in the present. I'll, I'll give you one more example. So eight years ago, about, about seven, eight years ago, um, I was asked to speak in Melbourne at the, uh, what's it called, the Acer Arena there in the Olympic Park there. Um, and they had, what, 9,000 people were coming to hear Richard Branson speak. And I was asked to do the opening one-hour presentation to get the audience in the mood, get their mindset right, get them, you know, ready to receive information from Sir Richard Branson. Now, for me to speak in front of, you know, eight, nine, ten thousand 10,000 people and try to captivate them and get them excited and give them a message and massage their motivation levels and activation and so forth and so forth, it was no way, Ron, that I could just jump up on stage and just talk. Like, I had to physically beam myself into that arena three or four weeks before I spoke so I could get familiar with what the atmosphere was going to be like and, and what I would do with people walking from the sides or what happens if the light goes off or if the microphone uh, doesn't come on or, or if, if something happens and, and people are looking around. I had to physically do my presentation before I got there so that when I got there, I had already done it. I had already spoken to 10,000 people before I actually had to step there. So when I walked on stage, I was calm. I already knew what was going to happen. So when we're talking about becoming successful is you must live it before you actually go through the journey. And when you do that, when obstacles come, you know they're coming because you already have fought through those and you've worked your way through them. And it's just, it's just a process. It's like, 
It's like an Olympic swimmer or Usain Bolt when he, you know, on the track. Before he runs 100 meters, he's already run it, you know, 100 times in his head. He knows what's gonna, what he's going to do. If people can apply that to business and finance and health and relationships and community service and the way they talk to their, their family and, and education, do you know how amazing results, uh, what amazing results people would have is because when they actually got to what they were going to do, they wouldn't be afraid. There'd be no fear because they've already done it. And, you know, emotion is one of the main killers of people becoming successful is the fear of failing, the fear of success, but it's the emotion of what if I don't? So I always say people, look, if you can solve something before you actually see it, you, you know, you, you reverse the odds of quitting or walking away. I'm so glad you mentioned that because that's the hallmark of every champion. They visualize yeah. the outcome way before they actually experience it. Absolutely. You know, um, and I've, I've created so many things and I, I talk to people about it, but you know, so many people, and I think this is where for a lot of people, it's very difficult because you know, someone like you, um, you have visualized an outcome despite your circumstances when you were young. And that takes mental discipline because the outside world is so strong and we become so subservient to the outside world. What, how do you do that? And, and you, are, you grew up in circumstances that were not conducive to success, right? You must, did you have a very strong will, a very strong spirit inside of you that said that this is not going to stop me? No. So what happened was, and this is very personal, and that is my parents um, at birth because of the medical profession had told my parents that I've you know, I, there's a strong chance that I would never run, I would never walk, I would never play sport, I would never be normal like the other children because I had a disease in my knees. So my biological parents at about four months um, gave me away, just, just signed me over to the state of California. So I, I, I then became a ward of the state. Now, to be rejected by your parents and to be told later in life, say around nine or ten, that the people who you think are your parents are not your parents. You, I don't, you know, that, that does something to your psychic to, to now walk around every day, looking around. If you see someone tall, you see someone that looks sort of like you, you want to just go up to them and say, are you my daddy? Or, you know, that, 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 that plays in your head or, or when your adopted parents are telling you something, they love you or they want you to do something. And the first thing you say is, the only reason why you adopted me is because you feel sorry for me. I mean, so psychologically, the damage that I had when I was younger, I still live with that. And it's a constant battle of me trying to switch back into turn a negative into a positive. And when I think about, so what I do now and, and, and how my life has gone, I always now remember that day one coming into the world, there was a challenge, there was an obstacle, there was a reaction from my parents, but I can't not, I can't get into the mode of blame. And a lot of people blame circumstances in their lives for where they're at today. I, I, don't, I, don't believe, I don't believe that that to be true. Your circumstances for where you are today are a result of the actions that you took because of your circumstances, which necessarily doesn't have to happen. It's how you approach, how you approach that experience and that uh, that circumstance, that you have a choice. You have a choice to stay positive or you have a choice to be negative and let that negativity 
stop you from getting in the, on the right direction. So for me today, Ron, every single morning without fail, um, I'm doing some PD on myself, you know, at least 30 minutes a day. You know, I'm looking at some, um, some videos. I'm, I'm reading some book, you know, there's some very good scriptures in the Bible. There's, uh, you know, some stuff like I'm, I've been following your Facebook uh, posts and so forth. I'm making sure I'm starting my day with a lot of positive information so that when the negative stuff comes during the day, my mind is already secure. There's a barrier around my head and my mind about what I'm going to let come in so it doesn't distract me. Eric, I, I just want to take a moment to say I'm, I'm sorry to hear about um, your story. and not, not sorry in the way of being sympathetic necessarily because I, do, I see your greatness now and I see that um, the, the tough circumstances that you went through uh, have obviously become the catalyst for who you are today. Uh, but just putting your celebrity status aside from one human being to another, I, I, just, I've, I've, I feel that uh, the reason I, I feel very emotional about your story now is because I just feel that no child ha should have to go through that. Uh, but, you know, congratulations to you to not let that defeat you and use that as a catalyst for uh, not just your personal success, uh, but as a, a way to inspire other people so that when they look at your story, you know, I mean, I, I, I was one of those people. I would complain about my circumstances and I would think, you know, I would compare myself to those that were better off. But I'd never had those, um, you know, like you mentioned, you had, you know, insecurity about your, you know, where you grew up, there was, um, you know, the threat to your life or, um, you know, not knowing who your parents are. And I just think that sometimes we lose sight and lose perspective of how lucky we are. And, uh, you know, and, and if somebody like you can do it, uh, and, and, you know, despite your medical condition, despite the circumstances that you grew up in, you know, I, I just think that's wonderful. And I'm so glad that I, I, I decided to interview you because this is a cracking start. I, this is the stuff that we talk about and we say, because tell me this, no doubt people would look at you and, and a lot of people would make the assumption that you've been lucky or you've had a lucky break. And how many people look at you and go, I want, you, I want to speak like you, Eric. I want to have the kind of influence that you have. They want your results. But, but yeah, have I don't realize yeah, I, what, you've, what you've gone through to get there. Yeah. I, like I, get, I, get a, I get a lot of people who, who say, you know, they, they like to be on stage and they like to speak and they, you know, they, they like to travel and so forth. But I, I can honestly say to you that there's, there has been a lot of pain and there is still a lot of pain um, that I endure uh, in my life. This is, this, this is not a, uh, an easy, uh, you know, fun filled hundred percent, uh, industry that, that I'm in. It, my, my life is, is not, it's not something that I wake up every day and go, Oh, this is just the best ride, you know, every day. It's not liked at all. You know, I, I have my down days. Like I, I have my, I have my dark, uh, my dark days. There, there are days on the calendar that, uh, as soon as it as it comes, you know, I go into what I call call my my, my dark my dark space where um, I really just need to withdraw myself from people. I I, I need to to really work on myself uh, more intensely during those periods. You know, I feel the pain. You know, my my biological my my adopted mother and father. My mother father father died in February two thousand and seven. Mother died in two thousand and four. Um, I still haven't gotten over that. You know, I. It, because it's, it's, I'm just all alone now. From, from a 
from a child point of view, you know, I have no brothers, I have no sisters, I have no uncles, I have no aunts. Um, I, it's it's just me, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I I just don't have that side of a family anymore. Like I have in-laws and I have a wife and I have a daughter, and I have grandchildren, but I just don't have my own blood that I can call on. And, you know, to me, that's, that's, that's sad. And it would be nice if I had a brother or a sister or, I, you know, a grandparents. And I, it just doesn't happen. So, you know, look, I have those days when the pain is, is so severe that I have to take a time out. So when people see me on stage, what they see is is me, you know, putting aside all the pain and and focusing on them. But when I walk off the stage, Ron, it's like, okay, let's go back to reality. Okay, fight those feelings of inadequacy, fight those feelings of failure. You know, put aside that fear. Just remember that you're here, you know, for a reason. You've been blessed. You, you you've got a story to tell. So go out and, and do what you do. Wow! Wow! Thank you for being so raw with and, and being so open. You know, there's always this invisible barrier between the general public and people that are playing the big game. And, uh, and to hear that uh, you have gone through bigger challenges with, than what uh, most normal people would go through. And uh, listen, I, I want you to know this. I, when people hear this, I, I, I listen to your story and I'm, I already feel like a part of your tribe. And, um, you know, and I'm, I'm, I believe in my heart that I'm not the only person that feels this way. I think when, when our community actually listen to this, a lot of people are going to feel like they're going to feel connected with you. They're going to relate with you because they may have had different challenges. So I, I just want to say to you that, you know, tr- um, treat the successful male community as your family. We may not be blood related, related, but you've already added so much value through sharing your experiences and uh, your raw emotions around what has happened. And thank you for, you know, just, I guess, showing that you're not that perfect, but your, it's your persistence, it's your drive, it's your tenacity that makes you great. Um, so, Eric, thank you so much. I mean, that's, that's a, that I wasn't expecting, um, you know, I thought that this is going to be one of those interviews where, you know, we're going to talk about your accomplishments and achievements and we're not really going to yeah. highlight you know, the, the areas of your life that you may not necessarily be proud of. But, you know, I'm, I'm so, as a man, as another man, I'm so proud of, you know, even without knowing you at, on a personal level, I feel so proud of the fact that you used all of those things to build who you are today. And it's a great example. It's a great inspirational example for anyone that's listening and thinks that, you know, my life is pretty crap because I wasn't brought up in a wealthy background or I, I had physical disabilities or I came from a poverty background. Here is, here is a person who experienced it all and, um, and didn't let any of that stop you. So I'm actually interested because my question to you was, did you know in your spirit that you were going to do something great? Because this talk is also about stepping into your greatness. What point did you know that you had greatness in you? I probably didn't really feel it until the end of my my basketball career. Um, I had had about eight knee surgeries and every year my doctors and physios kept saying, you know, this was it, start, start thinking about a new career, you know, what is it you want to do? And I just, all I had really focused on was, was sport, was, was playing basketball. But I had an instance um, at a school where, uh, I was still playing, but I had it at a school where a, uh, 
a, a, a kid came up to me and, and said, you know, thanks for doing the basketball clinic. Um, can you walk me back to class? And, you know, I walked him back to class and, you know, he, he had, he, he had a limp and I said, you know, what happened to your legs? And he goes, Oh, I've got some braces on my knees. Oh, so I, I had braces once on my knees. And he sat down in the, in the chair and he said, listen, um, I was wondering if you, if you can, you know, stay in my class and sit with me for the rest of the afternoon. And I said, listen, you know, I look, I, I'm six foot six and there's no way I can sit in this chair. And I said, it's a, uh, it just, it would just be way too uncomfortable for me. And the little kid looked at me and so he said, he's got spinal bifida and he's uncomfortable every day. And I just looked at him and said, you know what, Pfft, who am I? So I sat there and I was uncomfortable for like the next couple of hours. But after that, the principal of the school, the teacher of the school, um, parents just start sending some letters, you know, and making some phone calls and saying, hey, that was such a great thing that you did with this little kid. You know, it, he came home. He was, he was so happy when he came home. He, he feels like someone cares about him and he listens. And I had all these schools and parents saying, look, well, my son or my daughter at this school, can you go and, you know, talk to them? And I started thinking, you know what? There are a lot of kids out there who, who maybe feel as if the world is against them. If, if it's something I can do to, to give them a spark or give them a ray of hope or sunshine, then I'm quite happy to do that. And I found that there was actually a business in that. I mean, people were actually actively looking at the ability to upgrade and uplift people's mindset, our mindsets and beliefs. And I realized, wow, it's not something that I have to make up. It's not something that's foreign for me. It's just me being me and telling my story and sharing my experiences. And if this is a way that potentially I can start a business, grow a business, um, yeah. And so that was in 1989, 1990. And then five or six years later, I just started a business. And, and it was then that I realized globally this was my calling. This is what I was meant to do. I was meant to share my story and help people open up their minds. You're a true gentleman. And I've seen uh, on social media many times come across pictures of you with little kids. And it seems that you have a real love for children and um, you do a lot of presentations for, for schools and, and things like that. And I think it's so important uh, that you know, children understand this at, at a young age. And, and there's nothing more powerful than your own personal story to highlight what is possible for a person that, uh, you know, uh, that, that chooses, as you said, you choose what you, what you, you don't just allow anything to just come into your head. Uh, you choose the thoughts, you choose to, you decide how you're going to feel. Um, so, you know, why is it that somebody like you can come from those types of, those types of circumstances and those kind of adverse um, you know, situations and, and still make it and follow your calling and help add, add value to others and make a difference. What is the problem with, do you, do you see a problem out there with um, a lot of men out there that, that uh, why is it that some men out there lack the drive and the tenacity uh, to do what you did? I, I, okay. I've come across a lot of individuals, um, who have a powerful story, who, who I believe could be a beacon of hope and light to millions and millions and millions of other men or people around the world. The thing that gets in the way is they're just their own belief that they matter. 
with men, and you, you know this, uh, in, in general, men do not particularly feel open telling about their failures. Because if you tell your failures, the perception is that you're not successful. And a man being the hunter, being the, the food gatherer, being the, the one who protects and so forth, feels that success is about always making sure that you win. And in my life, I think because I've just been on the, the other end of, of, of winning so often, for me to, to lose is, is just a part of life. I believe that in order to rise, you've got to fall. Now, if you win all the time, you then can appreciate um, the journey. You, if you're winning all the times, why would you even want to get better? If, if, if you're a champion every single year and you always win the gold medal, um, what, what drives you to get to the next level? I believe that a man can be more effective by actually sharing his weaknesses and sharing his failings more often to empower other men to know that it's okay to fall. See, anytime I'm speaking to a men's group, the first thing I will say is, look, fellas, it is okay to cry. Crying is the best source of stress release that you can have. Because when you cry, you're releasing those emotions, which otherwise will, you keep them inside you, will cause you never, ever, ever to open up. And if you don't open up, that's when illness comes. So I'll be honest with you. I cry maybe five or six times a month. I cry when I do something amazing, and I cry when I do something that's not successful. Why do I cry? Because I, I'm emotional, Ron. I, I'm an emotional person. I watch a movie, and if a dog gets hit or shot in a movie, I cry. Why? Because I love to be able to release. I love to be able to escape from the moment. So men, if more men would just get in tune with their emotions and not be afraid and not want to be in control of everything in their lives, then they're going to be freer within themselves. And a free man within himself is not imprisoned. A free man within in himself knows himself, knows his limitation, also knows what he's capable of, and also knows how to portray that. So with my daughter, I've always taught her to be honest with her emotions. And the only way I can do it is not by say it, is by showing. I've just learned, I've just learned something really incredible there. Um, when you talk about those men that are not very expressive with their feelings, well, I'm one of those men. And, um, and, and, you know, it's interesting that, um, you know, lately I've, 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 I've been learning the importance of heart intelligence to, you know, that, that our feelings have so much power and you're so right, because when we don't cry, what are we doing? We just bottle, bottling up our feelings yes. and it's a, it's a prime cause of not just physical disease, but mental disease as well. Yeah. And, um, uh, and, as, and, you know, as kids, we're so expressive of our emotions and, but then as we grow up, we, we condition to act macho and not express ourselves as men. Because, yeah. yeah, that's right. Because the, 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 the world, the world on a, a, the world encourages men to be hard. It, it, it encourages a men to, to not speak openly about the, the, the hard things that, that that's going, that's going on. Uh, the, the world will say a man is, is, is there to just solve a problem and, and not listen and, and not have that emotional connection with, with the outcomes. See, I, I just totally agree with, I, I, I believe that a real good successful man knows 
how to connect with other people. Because if you can't connect with other people, then if you're in sales or if you're in, in customer service or in a relationship, if you can't connect with the other person, how are you going to give them exceptional service and value? You, you, you can't do it. If you can't laugh at yourself, if you can't cry with yourself, how can you have empathy for someone else? You can't do it. You, you can't turn it on and turn it off. So that's why it's important that you must be, be real with yourself, be raw, be emotional, give yourself a chance to really enjoy the process and the journey uh, of life. So um, anytime I'm talking to a, to a man, you know, I will say to him, come on, man, just, just what's going on? You know, just talk to me, you know, just like when I'm, when I was doing coach, I did a lot of coaching. I would say to a man, if I'm sitting down, tell me what's in your heart, you know, how you feel, you know, and, and you can see a man so welling up in their eyes and I go, you know, what's wrong? Let it go. You know, I, I just can't cry. I can't let my wife see me cry. I can't let my, I said, why not? I said, you know how, how amazing, your relationship could be with your family if, if they if they saw that you could actually get to the level of true raw emotion and understanding, and so from from one man to another, and if there's any men that will be listening this podcast all the way through, the best thing that you can do is not guard your emotions from your own self. And that's true strength, and it's so simple and profound. Yet it's, it becomes so difficult after you. You, you know, because you, you, so, so many of us men are conditioned to use our mind more than our heart. And I'm really glad yes. there is an awareness building around the fact that, uh, you know, true strength comes from ex- expression of your feelings and thoughts. And, um, you know, and, and if, if, if someone with your public profile has the ability to connect with people, then men that are not in that space have no excuse. You know, because surely you people would put you up on a pedestal and you've done some great things and, you know, you've spoken in front of millions of people and you can still connect with people because a lot of people, as you know, Eric, once they get to a certain level of success, they suffer from the God complex. So, you know, their ego starts to run uh, their, their thoughts and emotions and their actions. And, and the fact that you have been able to retain uh, an essential part of your humanness does make you great. And, and it, uh, yeah, there, there's, there's something that I, um, that I make sure that I stay grounded. Um, about five times a month, I will do just uh, free talks to community groups or home, homeless shelters, or I, 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 I do it because I just, I want to stay, I want to stay humble. I want, I don't want to ever get to the point where, my whole life is around the job. You know, I, I want to make sure I'm giving back to the community, giving back to associations, giving back in, in ways that, that people will see that I still have my feet firmly planted on the ground, um, that I don't think that I'm, I don't think that I'm great. I don't, I, don't, I don't think that I'm better than anybody else. I just feel that I do what I do. I love what I do and I'm willing to share what I have with as many people as I can, because I know my time on the planet is limited. And when I go to the grave, I want to know that I was able to give as much as I possibly can to all walks of life. Wow. Wow. Um, You know, and when I say great, I just say that, you know, anyone that can get back in touch with their, their, their inner self. I mean, that's greatness to me because, you know, something that should be so simple and natural to us, Unfortunately, because 
because of the way we live and we live so much from the outside in and we let the external influences dictate how we think and feel. It becomes so difficult. Good on you. Uh, congratulations for achieving the level of uh, success that you have achieved and still staying grounded. I want to ask you a personal question. What makes you really, really happy? What are your happiest moments, Eric? What are you doing in those moments? Look, my, my, to be honest, my, my happiest moments is when I get in front of three or four, 500 high school students and, you know, and I get a chance to talk to them about resilience, um, personal growth, belief in themselves and their future, and just seeing the looks on their face, I, I, you know, I, I see that they're connecting with what I'm saying after the presentation, when they come up to me and some of the comments about, wow, they, they truly believe that now they have a focus. They, they know they, they need to believe. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it's just that knowing that you have created maybe another pathway for a young, a young person, a young teenager who otherwise, if, if you hadn't gone into their school or gone into their conference or gone into their events, you know, maybe they would be lost or I love speak. Like I give an example. I was, I was at Toyota. I spoke at a Toyota conference in Adelaide uh, last Monday. And afterwards I had about three or four people actually come up to me and Ron, this is what they said. They whispered, Ron, they whispered in my ear, uh, Eric, um, I was adopted and I've never told anybody because I was embarrassed, but you made it, you made it cool. You, you, you made it seem like it's okay. And thank you because now I can let go of some, some stuff I've been holding on to. I mean, when you, when you hear that kind of stuff, Ron, you know that you're doing what you're meant to do and no one could ever take that away from you. And you've now unlocked potentially some, some stuff in them, in their lives, they can go on and, and, and find that greatness. So those are my, and aside from that and, and, and spending time with my, with my family, those are my best days. Wow. Thank you so much, Eric. It's, um, it's so good to actually get to know the human being behind the, the public profile called Eric Bailey. Um, myself and uh, the successful male community are very grateful that you took the time to share your story and, and you're obviously full of wisdoms and wisdom and insights. Um, you know, the successful male concept is not just about achieving success in material terms. It is about a holistic definition of success. It's about redefining success for men to get in tune with themselves, to live a, a life of passion and purpose, um, to go after what they want with courage. Um, and, you know, and, and not be defeated uh, by the, the, the adversities and the circumstances that they've faced. Before I wrap up this, um, this meeting, I'd love for you to share your, what is your North Star, your guiding factor in life? Uh, because I want people to take away one piece of Eric Bailey wisdom that they can go and apply in their lives. What is your, it, it, it could be something that you, you could recommend to, to people or it could be just your own North Star, your guiding factor that has been, um, you know, the thing that, uh, the philosophy that you live by. I'm a Christian and I believe that God has given every single person on the planet the choice. The choice to 
believe that there's greatness within them or the choice to doubt themselves and never put themselves in a position to find that greatness. I believe that if every single person got up every day and asked themselves this one question, what can I do today that I didn't do yesterday that's gonna make me better tomorrow? And if you answered that question and then did something about it, Ron, I believe that you will start to make small steps towards getting to your goal. You need to repeat that, Eric, because that was absolute gold. And I need to write this down. Can you please repeat that for me? Okay. What can I do today that I didn't do yesterday that's going to make me better tomorrow? It's almost just like a little checklist, accountability of what did you do? What excuses did you make? Or, or what, what increments of, of progress did you make? And then what do you have to do today so that tomorrow will be even greater? And if you just do that every day, if you just do that every single day, inch your way closer to the greatness that's waiting for you. And I, I, and I say that to myself every morning. Every morning I get into the mirror and say, okay, what did I, you know, what did I do today that I didn't do yesterday? I mean, I, I, I just do it over and over and over again until it gets in my head that, okay, you know what? I still have got work to do. That, that is my beacon of, that's my light. That's, that's, that's what I like to gravitate towards. That is just making sure that I improve every day from the day before. Eric Bailey, thank you so much for embodying what it means to be the successful male. If people in our community want to connect with you and they want to find out more about you or your services, how can they do that? Yep. Well, it's very easy. They can go to my website, uh, ericbaileyglobal.com. Um, there's videos, uh, information on me, my, my life, my speaking topics, testimonials, and there's an inqu inquiry form. So if you want to ask me a question or you may be thinking about booking me for an event or something, just fill that in and my team will respond within 24 hours. Thank you so much. And you know that I've spoken to you about the fact that in 2017, we are launching the Successful Male Dating Night. And uh, yes. well, it would be, be an honor to have you there as a speaker because you have so much wisdom to share and you, know, you embody what it means um, to, to be the successful male. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Um, Eric, are you wanting to, um, are you wanting to give um, anything to our listeners today? Um, I know that you're an author and you've got, uh, uh, you've got a book. Um, is there something that you'd, uh, you'd like, um, can, can people buy that book? Um, because yes. Yep. So that, so, so that, that book is on amazon.com. What, what's so the book go, called? It's called bring your a game, bring your a game. Bring your A game. It's, it's, it's on Amazon, so you can book it on Amazon. I do have a couple of eBooks, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to make that available. Uh, it's a PDF download. I'm going to send that link to you, and all of your listeners can uh, go ahead and you can send that to all your listeners. Well, thank you so much for your generosity. I, I personally love um, hardcover books, so I'm going to actually buy the hardcover as well. Um, but okay. thank you so much for being so generous with our community. I, um, I'm, I'm 100% certain that uh, anyone that listens to this interview will uh, get real value because, you know, we, this, was not, this was not superficial. This was not about ticking some boxes. This was about Eric Bailey being real, being raw, 
and sharing exactly who he is. And there were so many beautiful nuggets of wisdom and insights that you shared with us. And I, I cannot thank you enough for your generosity. I appreciate Eric Bailey. You're an amazing man. Thank you very much, Ron. And I look forward to uh, staying connected with, uh, with, your, with the audience and with your group. And uh, also look forward to coming to Melbourne next year and, and uh, speaking at your, at your event. Can't wait to meet you in person, Eric. Okay, thank you.